Today, I'm gonna to tell you about one of my marketing heroes, Dietrich Manischitz. He is the founder of Red Bull. He goes from discovering a little known drink in Thailand to making it one of the most successful businesses in the world in a period of 50 years. He also happens to be one of the best marketers of all time. I'm gonna tell you how he did it. I'm gonna give you some examples of the plays he runs, and then I'm gonna distill them all down into principles and tactics that you can use in your business. This is gonna be a great one. Let's get into today's show. Before we get back to today's show, here's a quick word from HubSpot. Finding a service solution that helps you better connect with customers and keep them happy can feel impossible. Like trying to remember the name of that guy you just met at a networking event. Was it Ron? Could it be Don or John or Sean? Yeah, that kind of impossible. HubSpot's new service hub can help. Well, with the service solution part, at least, it brings service and success together on one powerful platform for the first time ever. With an AI-powered help desk and an AI chatbot that handles frontline tickets fast. Plus, it comes with a customer success workspace that helps reps anticipate customer needs and a full 360 view of every customer. So your go-to-market team can keep up on the pulse of accounts before trying to upsell or cross-sell. Also, you can scale support and drive retention and revenue. And you know what that means, better service and happier customers at every stage of the journey. Visit hubspot.com service to do more for your customers today. everyone, I have an extra special show today. I'm going to tell you the greatest marketing story that nobody ever really talks about. It's rarely told. And it's the story of Red Bull and the Red Bull founder, Dietrich Mach, and how he is unequivocally in the Mount Rushmore of marketing heroes for me. I'm going to tell you why he's there, how he got there. And I'm going to tell you how you can use some of the same plays that Red Bull did in their early days to completely transform how your business grows. Before we get into all that, I wouldn't be doing you all right if I didn't give you an update. Kieran is out. He's with his baby daughter. They're doing great. He will be back on the show looking red-eyed and tired before you know it. But I want to make sure everybody knows that. The other thing is... I'm in my makeshift recording office because my basement flooded, so I'm not in the normal studio setup, but the show goes on, so I'm sorry for all the junk and everything else. We're trying our best to get this going despite all the madness that's happening. Quick sidebar as to like why I'm here and with you solo today, but I'm going to take advantage of being solo with you today to talk about one of the stories I am the most passionate about. And sorry, Kieran, I know you love this one too, but I'm going to take this one and do it all. Okay. I've long admired Red Bull. And one of the reasons I've long admired Red Bull is because they were owned media pioneers. They took this approach of owning sports rights and sports entertainment in a very different way. The Red Bull soccer team, they don't just sponsor a soccer team. They bought a soccer team and renamed it the Red Bulls, right? Like they take a drastic ownership stake. And in the sports that they participated in and sponsored, the reason that Dietrich, who was the founder of Red Bull, is on the Mount Rushmore of marketing for me is that everything he did was always counterintuitive and counterculture. And so he said, hey, sports is a great way to get my brand out. But if I just go and do what everybody else does, I'm not going to be differentiated. 
Instead, I'm going to focus on extreme sports because nobody at the time was focusing on extreme sports like skydiving, heli skiing, all of those things that there are these passionate adventure goers out there who really connect with a brand who's obsessed with that topic alongside them, right? And it went along with the Red Bull ethos and the Red Bull tagline of It Gives You Wings. We're going to talk about that today. So I've long been fascinated, and that's why I've been fascinated with them. But then recently I listened to an awesome podcast, the Founders Podcast on Dietrich. David Sinra hosts the Founders Podcast. The Red Bull, the Dietrich one, I highly, highly recommend you go give that a listen as a kind of a companion to this episode. We're going to talk way more marketing. We're going to get into some of the marketing tactics and stunts and everything they use. But if you want to get into the deep, detailed thinking, go check out the Founders Pod. It's really good. I've listened to it a couple times. Highly, highly recommend. Okay, so let's set the stage for how all of this starts. You have this founder, Dietrich, who's working at Unilever. And Unilever is one of the bigger consumer packaged companies in the world. And on a trip to Southeast Asia for work, he discovers a beverage. And this is essentially a bottled energy drink that people are just consuming like crazy. And then he finds out that the richest person in Japan is producing this energy drink. And that is how this person made all of their money. And he was like, wow, there's got to be a big opportunity here. And what's crazy about this is he quits his job. He goes in 49-49, and then there's like 2% left for like employees and everyone else with his business partner, which is the company that's currently making this in Southeast Asia. I think it's being made in Thailand at the time. And he wants to buy the rights to distribute to the U.S. and to Europe, and he's going to start in Europe. And he has a couple of interesting changes that he wants. The first thing that he wants is he wants the beverage to be carbonated, not still. Right now in, in Asia, it's not carbonated. And so he's like, I want it to be carbonated and I want it to be canned. And what's he wanting to do is he's wanting to create a new category of energy drinks, right? The story of Red Bull isn't the story of a beverage drink. The story of Red Bull is the story of extreme differentiation and commitment to differentiation. And if you are selling a product that is easily replicated or close to a commodity, the differentiation is everything. And the beverage industry, wow, like those are pretty close to commodity products. It's pretty easy for somebody to create something that's pretty close to the beverage that you're selling. And so he was obsessed from the very beginning with differentiation. And so that started with the carbonation, that started with the packaging. The first lesson I'll tell you is that great marketing starts with the product, right? If you're watching the show and you've ever had a hard time doing marketing, it's probably partly because the product wasn't quite right, didn't fit for the audience, wasn't differentiated enough. There was some issue with the product. And so if you're going to market a product in a really remarkable way, it's got to be differentiated. And so this is what he first set out to do. And then he goes and tries to take this product to market in Europe. And the challenge in Europe is that at the time, you had to take it country by country. So I think he started in his home country of Austria. And what's interesting about it is he did a lot of plays that you would have never, ever expected. The first thing is he spent over three years trying to get to his tagline. And he was making no money at the time. This was a startup business. So he was interning at his friend's advertising agency to pay for the time that they were working 
on the Red Bull account to come up with the right brand work. And so you would have easily expected that he was just going to take the first decent creative and move along. No, he goes on for three years, iterating back and forth with his friend and the folks at his agency being like, no, it's not it. It's not it. It's not it. Because remember, he had a vision and that vision was differentiated and that vision was very clear in his head. And then finally, his friend who's running this agency calls him in the middle of the night and he just says, Red Bull, it gives you wings. And Dietrich says, yep, that's it. They both go back to sleep. And from then, they ship that decision and he's got the foundation of the Red Bull brand. So great. He's got a differentiated product. He's got a clear tagline, clear kind of like foundational brand elements. Then what does he do? He does a whole host of things. He's a pioneer in free product demonstrations where he would literally go into stores and give them like a pallet of his product for free for them to distribute because he knew his product was good and that people would come back and ask for it and want to buy it. And that store would then reorder and and make that happen. So that was a pretty interesting and innovative strategy at the time. Pretty remarkable. The other thing he did, which I think would drive most CEOs bananas, is that he let rumors run wild and quite frankly, encouraged rumors because because nobody knew what was in Red Bull and he was intentionally vague about what the ingredients in Red Bull were, people would make up all these crazy, crazy, like they're bull testicles in Red Bull. They're all these crazy, crazy things that are part of this beverage. And he didn't squash any of them. In fact, he would put up pages on the Red Bull website to just kind of stoke the flame. And he wouldn't confirm or to deny, but it would just, if people were searching, if people were looking, they'd be like, oh, okay. And he would create this buzz around this product because there was an era of uncertainty and an era of like, I got to see this for myself. I got to experience this myself, which is like the peak of what any marketer can create. This is what Steve Jobs was so good at, creating a mystery and clearly demonstrating a product, creating a mystery around it and getting people to really, really want to try and adopt that product. And with Red Bull, Dietrich did it an incredibly great job. He was a master marketer because he knew that apathy is the worst thing that you could have as a business. For nobody to care about you is the absolute, absolute worst. So instead, what he did is found constant ways for people to care about him. One of my favorite examples of this is that one of the major breakthroughs in the Red Bull business is the founding of the European Union. The reason for that is because it made it much easier for him to get distribution across a lot of different countries. And he really wanted into Germany, but couldn't get into Germany for years and years because of regulatory issues. Then he eventually gets into England. And there was reciprocity in the European Union that if you were able to to sell and distribute your goods in England, you could distribute them in Germany and other countries. And this was a huge, huge breakthrough. But it's not just enough to get into a new market. He had to win that new market. And so one of the things that I thought was really interesting, I thought this was like a pretty crazy story. He would take empty Red Bull cans and fill up trash cans around London so that people would think, what is this? Like, I see more of this can than any other can in this trash can. Clearly, people must love this. There's something going on here. I need to try this. Like, that is so incredibly brilliant. 
to say, hey, I understand the psychology of people. And in understanding the psychology of these humans, I can do things that's going to trigger them to at least be interested in trying my product initially. Now, I still got to deliver a good product at a fair price. The other thing is he was charging a very high premium for his product. He was charging much more than any other beverage product out there. I think he was charging $2.99 a can at the time, and you know most other competitors were sub a dollar, right? So he's charging this massive premium for this product. And so he knew that he had to market it in a very untraditional way. So I love this story of the streets of London just being trash cans full of Red Bull cans because that is a very cheap but very thoughtful, ingenious way to get people to care about a product, right? And you see that, like the modern day version is probably influencer partnerships and some of the things that are happening online today, especially if it's a digital product. But for physical products, these types of strategies are pretty amazing to change the psyche of your potential customer. So he is the master of stunts. The other thing that he's the master of, and one of the reasons that he's on my marketing Mount Rushmore, is he's a marketing purist. He believes so deeply in the power of marketing that one of the reasons he wants to have this ultra-premium product is so that he can fund more and more marketing. He was really aggressive. He did not take a ton of cash out of this business. He was obsessed with building a remarkable brand. It wasn't till I think he was 20 plus years in before he really was taking meaningful cash out of this business. And then long-term, the compounding effects means that he was getting paid huge dividends of hundreds of millions of dollars a year. But in the early days, he was focused on reinvesting in marketing. And that came through stunts like we just talked about. It came through all of the Red Bull media work that we've talked about. How Red Bull was obsessed about becoming a media destination. What he realized and what he was good at and what you can be good at too. He was good at doing counterintuitive things. He was good at doing strategies that played on the psychology that he understood of his buyer and scarcity, fear of missing out, all of those things. And he was very clear and very good at incentives. The best marketers, the best CEOs I know are really good at incentives. And the reason that the Red Bull media approach worked was not because it appealed to these extreme sports fans. That was part of it. But what would happen is Red Bull would organize a motocross race or a race across the desert, whatever the event may be. And he would pay to have it professionally filmed and broadcast. And you know what would happen? All the television networks at the time, right? This is pre-streaming would say, hey, we need content for our airwaves. We are going to televise your events. And so he gets this massive free distribution. His competitors are out there buying 30-second ad spots, and he's getting hours of distribution and airtime on global television for these sporting events because he's making bold investments and he understands the incentives. He understands that if he gives these television producers access to live sports, that is something that they really need to fill their airwaves. And if he gives it to them for free, which is what he did, the TV stations are used to paying rights to all these professional sports teams. They're going to get a slot in the schedule. And that's exactly what happened. And that is a truly transformational approach is to look around and say, hey, how can I maybe spend the same or slightly more, but spend that amount of money very differently? And because of that, I'm going to get a 10x better result than my competition. And all of the work that he did on Red Bull Media was an example of that. 
We'll be right back. But before, let me tell you about another podcast I love. Nudge, hosted by Phil Agnew, is brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, the audio destination for business professionals. Ever noticed how the smallest changes can have the biggest impact? On Nudge, you learn simple evidence-backed tips to help you kick bad habits, get a raise, grow a business. Every bite-sized 20-minute show comes packed with practical advice. Nudge is fast-paced, but it's still insightful with real-world examples that you can apply. Oh, and it's the UK's fastest-growing business podcast. If you want an MBA's worth of insight in one podcast, this is the right show for you. Entrepreneurs will love this show because it's filled with repeatable proven studies, not hearsay and one-off success stories. You're going to love the show because I was interviewed by Phil. You can go check out my episode. And I recently listened to an awesome episode. It's called Six Scientifically Proven Persuasion Techniques. It's a must listen for anyone in marketing. Listen to Nudge wherever you get your podcasts. All right. Now, that's not to say he also didn't do some ads in traditional marketing, but even his ads are highly, highly differentiated versus what you would expect. And the reason for that is he knows exactly who his audience is. The other thing that makes him a great marketer is that his audience isn't everyone. His audience are people who are going to take advantage of an energy drink. These are people who are doing extreme sports, working hard, out there trying to push the limits of what's possible. And that's why Red Bull Gives You Wings landed as the tagline. And that's why his media and advertising approach completely landed on this area of the world that largely been undiscovered, undercovered, right? This is like at the same times that the extreme games is just getting started, right? He rides this wave of cultural momentum where that all of these niche sports are about to take a much bigger role in popular culture. And so this is my next lesson for all of you. If you want to really grow your business and you really want to do great marketing, you gotta find a wave to surf. The wave to surf metaphor comes from Charlie Munger, who was Warren Buffett's partner in Berkshire Hathaway for a long, long time. And what he would do is he would go out and he would look for businesses who were growing and scaling and say, hey, are they just capturing some macro opportunity that you know, it's just going to propel their success even beyond their ability to like execute focus and do great work, right? And these waves to surf here are the analogies. And the wave that Dietrich surfs with Red Bull, he surfs a couple. He surfs the extreme sports wave. He surfs the energy drink wave because we knew that caffeine and some substances in drinks are very important, but there wasn't a category of energy drinks yet. So he creates and surfs this category of beverage wave that's pretty remarkable. And then he goes and surfs the owned media wave from buying the soccer team, which we saw in that ad, to hosting his own sporting events, sending a man into outer space as a stunt. All of these things was a playbook that he was able to exploit because he was surfing a wave of, if I do these things, I will get outsized amount of attention because I'm one of the very few people in the world actually investing and doing these plays in this way. And so that, to me, is the ultimate. It's the ultimate form of marketing is investing in counterintuitive ways and getting 10x or 100x the returns relative to your competition. The other thing that he was truly remarkable at was brand consistency, right? And I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about this. Red Bull Gives You Wings has been that brand's tagline since he got the call in the middle of the night. You see a lot of brands who switch up, they have sub taglines, they maybe lose their tagline for a decade and then they come back to it. 
he was maniacal about the consistency in which he was like, look, Red Bull gives you wings means something, but it's a very broad statement. And because it's broad, it's durable. I can use it for a long period of time and I'm going to fill it with meaning. That meaning is going to come from sending a person into outer space, from doing crazy motorcycle jumps, from a soccer game being played in Spain. All of those things are going to fill that tagline with meaning. And that consistency from the packaging, from the tagline, everything has been huge. And part of the story since the brand's early, early days, and it's very rare that you see brands with like 50 plus years of consistency. Red Bull is one of them, and it has paid off hugely for them. And so I want to repackage and summarize some of the lessons from today's show, because I think this is a story worth studying and anything that you can do to get insight from the work that Red Bull has done, both modern day and historically, I think it's going to make you a better marketer. It makes me a better marketer. I've had the good fortune of interacting with some folks who've worked at Red Bull over the years, and I ask them a lot of questions, and it just validates these principles that I'm about to share with you. The first are, be different. Different for the sake of it and everything, which is a James Dyson quote. James Dyson is famous for saying like, hey, when somebody goes into a store and looks at all the vacuum cleaners, it's going to be very clear that Dyson is different. And it might not be what they're looking for, but it is going to stand out. And that is what Diedrich and Red Bull knew. Even from the size of a can, remember? He made this skinnier, different shaped can, not the short, squatty can. He took the same amount of liquid, but just made it taller and skinnier, right? He wanted everything to be fundamentally different. And so if you are thinking about your business, where are aspects where you're way too close to your competition? And how can you differentiate your product or your marketing strategy to basically play where they're not playing and give you some unfair advantages? The next lesson, he was a brilliant at owned media. So instead of buying advertising space on TV, Google, Facebook, he would create media events and then get those media companies to distribute his media events for free. And as you study great companies and great founders, this playbook is one of them. It goes back across a whole host of different businesses as you look at them. Great product demonstrations and creating own media events are some of the core history of just great companies. Edward Bernays, who was kind of the father of modern public relations, he did this from for government professionals through nations, businesses all across the board. And so it's an important thing to realize is that how do you think about telling a story that is going to be either owned and you're going to publish directly and build an audience and that's podcast, that's YouTube, that's social channels, et cetera, or you're going to create an event that's so important that other people are going to cover it on their own channels and they're going to cover it for free. That was a masterclass and part of the Red Bull playbook. He was the master of the human mindset, that scarcity mindset. Remember all the cans and the trash in London? Think about what you can do to help your potential customers think about your product differently. And I think of scarcity as like, how do you drive urgency for somebody to consider and try your product? And for him, it was cans in a trash can. For you, it might be something very different, but it's a powerful thing to just take a few minutes and think about. And then the last thing I would say here, he was very counterintuitive in how he invested. He didn't follow the competition. He knew his competition, but he knew that he was trying to create a new category and that if he did the same thing that they did, 
he wouldn't succeed. And my line on this is like, don't play on your competitor's field. Create a field of your own with a different set of rules and play on that. Because the person who understands the rules the best wins the game. And so if you're letting your competition make the rules, they're going to win. If you are making the rules, you're going to win. It's much easier to make the rules of a game and make that game popular and force your competition to play it than to go and try to beat the competition at their own game. Because you're just not going to do it. They have a head start. They've got more money. They've got more time. They've got more expertise than you. And Diedrich and the team at Red Bull knew that. And they were able to differentiate in that way. All right. This is Red Bull. This is one of my favorite brands from a marketing perspective of all time. Dietrich had an incredible run building this brand. The brand consistency and creativity is always off the charts. I hope that you learned a ton from today's show. If you have other things that you love about what Red Bull has done that you've seen over the years, hit them up in the YouTube comments, leave them. I would love to see them. You know we read all of our comments and I'll be back with you really soon on Marketing Against the Great.